0: Business leaders and apply their wisdom to your life and business. Welcome to Thrive Thursday with Dr. Yishai. This week on the business couch with Dr. Yishai, I had. Mike Jezoshek, serial entrepreneur, founder of the digital accounting firm Jetro & Associates, and host of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. Because our conversation was so packed and full of insights, I just had to share it all with you in two parts. In part one on Insight Sunday, Mike shared his humble beginnings from learning about arbitrage at age 14 to building and exiting multiple businesses to founding Jetro & Associates. Insight Tuesday rounded out our conversation with Mike sharing how fear affected the growth of his business and how he learned to both address the fear and create systems to grow his business along the way. If you haven't yet, go back and listen to episodes 121 and 122 to learn invaluable business lessons and principles from a successful serial entrepreneur's insights and battle-tested wisdom. I can't praise Mike enough for the amazing conversation that we shared. While I usually have a question to answer on my Thrive Thursday, I'm saving it for next week when I'll be answering Mike Jezoshek's question. So today, I wanted to pick up on and dig deeper into something that Mike touched on and I think is critical to understand about business. In fact, it's connected to multiple best-selling books, incredibly timely and well-known principles, and cuts across practically every sector in business and beyond business in life and science. In fact, it's so important to understand and master this one principle that young and seasoned entrepreneurs and leaders alike routinely get smacked hard in the face when they ignore it. Before we dive in, I wanted to share that the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching and Consulting. If you lead a seven-plus-figure business and want to reach the next level for yourself and your business, if you have passions, goals, and dreams and want to continue to strive as a team, a leader, and a visionary without risking burnout, if you have overcome challenges, developed wisdom, and know that adapting is not just for surviving but a core part of thriving, then Adaptability Coaching is for you. With psychology and neuroscience backed tools, the 3D adaptation framework can show you how to tap into and harness the way our brains are uniquely designed for adaptation. You can learn to harness and leverage adaptability tools and frameworks to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to hone yourself further, to proactively adapt, to thrive instead of reactively adapting, just to survive. To learn more, go to dryishaicom coaching. And now without further ado, let's dive into why small and imperfect is better. What does child development, Dumbledore from the Harry Potter series, and business best-selling authors like Jim Collins all have in common? One tiny... Ironically, perfectly imperfect idea. It's secretly better to start small and be flawed at first. And I'm going to start with a small announcement to kick us off. My wife and I, we had a baby girl recently. And our beautiful, tiny, precious girl, her name is Sarah. As my wife keeps saying over and over, she's so tiny and so cute, it's hard to pull ourselves away even to sleep or take a shower. So I wanted to kick us off by talking a little bit about child and development. Because according to Dr. Stanley Greenspan, a renowned pediatrician who is known as one of the fathers of modern child development and child psychology, infants are born with only a few primitive reflexes for a very important reason. Over the course of years and years, children slowly and sequentially build all of the complex neural, sensory motor, cognitive, and relational circuitry and skills that we adults rarely think about and often take for granted. Which is all a very fancy way of saying that kids build and have to learn everything in order to become more capable. And that's what we think of when we think about growing into adulthood. And all of that is by design. There's actually a predictable sequence of stages each one builds on the others in an increasingly complex and empowering set of ways. Without getting too technical, the first task is to wire our internal systems, which is also called our sensory and processing systems. And sensory processing allows us to take in and make sense of information from, of course, our five senses, vision, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. Only once those have been wired in our brain and we can integrate them, we can put them together and assign meaning and understand what they really mean in the real world, can we begin, can children begin to coordinate and engage in intentional movement of arms, legs, and face to be able to point, move, and eventually communicate, talk, and use language? Later stages build on previous ones, which allow preschoolers. Abstractly represent ideas. For kids, that starts to look like simple pretend play. And then in grade school, kids learn to connect ideas with each other, which is foundational to learning. And that continues in middle school. And beyond that is even more complex thinking and processing, like multi causal and gray area thinking, where the world isn't just simply made of binary categories in a black and white way, but full of nuance. The process that repeats each and every stage, cutting across lifetime development from infancy to adulthood and beyond, is a single directive. Try something, observe what happens, calibrate slightly, and then rinse and repeat over and over and over again. Try, observe, calibrate. Try, observe, Calibrate, try, observe, calibrate over and over. Everyone does this infants with their sensory systems, toddlers with their movement systems, preschoolers in their communication and play, grade schoolers in developing and navigating friendships, sports, and academics, middle and high schoolers developing mastery and increasing levels of difficulty and specialty within their interests and passions, including romantic attachments, and young adults into adulthood, in an ongoing way, we are building an even more complex, specialized, and important set of skills. I'm going to re-emphasize the point because it is so important. Try, observe, calibrate, rinse, and repeat. It's as important for the infant as it is for the recent college grad, and of course, for you as an entrepreneur or leader. And here's the kicker. We don't stop needing that process in any domain. It's essential to practically everything. We're often encountering new situations in need of developing or enhancing some area of skill or knowledge or ability. Childhood is not the place we can leave that process in the dust. In fact, as a brief bonus, I wanted to quickly mention BJ Fogg who has a PhD and is a founder of Stanford's Behavior Design Lab and the author of Tiny Habits which underscores that small steps are necessary and calibration is key when you want to design the behaviors and habits you need to create the life that you desire in fact it's the foundation stone of science and marketing and business development and even the Harry Potter series But we'll get to all of those later. Let's start with business because, as I said before, I've seen so many entrepreneurs and business leaders get smacked down because they ignored or accidentally missed out on this key process. And I'm going to pick up and talk about several different, really well-known, very popular books that talk about entrepreneurship and business and business development. I wanted to kick it off with a book that I think is just so well-known and so popular called The Entrepreneur Myth or The E-Myth, by Michael Gerber. One of the things that Michael does in the course of the book is he follows the story of Sarah, an entrepreneur who's on the brink of burnout at the very beginning and at risk of giving up her dream of creating the magic of pie making and giving her customers the most wonderful experience with pies that they could possibly imagine. What happens with Sarah is she gets overwhelmed and meets a fork in the road. And in that moment, one of the things... Michael Gerber talks about is the infancy stage of business, when an entrepreneur or business owner is still holding on to too many aspects of their once small and now growing business. And because it's growing and because they're holding on to so many different parts of it all on their own, it becomes impossible to keep doing everything and maintaining the quality of the product, service and experience. It also becomes impossible to balance working in the business and having a life separate from the business, which leaves Sarah at a crossroads. Will she turn right and intentionally create a new way for the business to continue thriving? Or will she stay the course, likely get burnt out, and probably walk away? And one thing she lost track of and then got stuck in infancy because she'd gotten stuck there is the inability to try observe, and calibrate. She spent so much time trying, so little time observing, and calibrating for her business that she got totally stuck and eventually completely overwhelmed. In The Lean Startup, Eric Ries talks about a concept that's incredibly well known now among entrepreneurs and business leaders called the minimum viable product, which if you're not familiar with it, for one, I would be surprised, But just in case you're not, the minimum viable product is about producing something that is the least refined that you can put out into the market. And the whole concept that he talks about there is the build, measure, learn feedback loop. He talks about how important it is to go through that loop over and over and over again, where the first thing you do is you build this minimum viable product, something that is not incredibly, incredibly refined, but is enough to take and put in the hands of actual users, clients, or customers. And the whole concept there is that so many products and companies struggle or fail because they didn't get any feedback. They didn't get eyes or hands on the product from those users, clients, or customers. And because of that, they spent tons of time, energy, they wasted a ton of time and energy, and they didn't get to calibrate. They didn't get to observe and calibrate. They just spent so much time trying and doing things up front. And as a consequence of that, what they ended up creating, one, was far more expensive. And two, didn't actually meet the needs of and didn't take into account the needs of those users, clients, or customers. In other words, as Mike Tyson put it, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And what that means is that you can put time, and energy and resources and money into something, but then when rubber hits the road, when what you've created gets in the hands of the users, clients, and customers, they end up giving you a lot of really important feedback. And if you thought you were done, or if you thought you knew, boy, are you in for a rude awakening. And one of the key points that Eric Ries talks about is the efficiency of minimizing the time to work through that build measure learn feedback loop because going through repeated iterations is the formula for success and he calls that validated learning where you get what you're producing into the hands of people and then you get feedback from them and from that feedback you then refine it and then you hand it back to those people or new people and then you get more feedback and that becomes an iterative process notice how that comes back to the principle of try, observe, and calibrate. Try, observe, and calibrate. But it's not the only place that this principle shows up. In fact, Michael Masterson, in his book Ready, Fire, Aim, Zero to 100 Million in No Time Flat, he talks about how important it is to foundationally approach business in three steps. First, start when you're ready. Two Don't waste resources trying to perfect your product or business. You're not going to know what works until it's in action at the hands of your customers or clients. And three, after battle testing and validating, then you tinker with it. In other words, if you have to pit speed versus perfection, getting the ball rolling is much better. Now, while he talks about those principles in the ready, fire, aim framework, What Masterson is really talking about is that similar process that we're talking about as well. Try, observe, and then calibrate. And to save the greatest for last, I wanted to talk about Jim Collins, which in his book Great by Choice, he talks about and compares companies that continue to thrive and do incredibly well, even in the most hostile business environments, and compared them to companies that failed and fell apart. And he called the companies that thrived, even in the most hostile environments, he called them 10X companies, which is where the concept of 10X may have been born. And one of the things that he really talks about is how important it is to do what he calls fire bullets, then cannonballs. And I really love the way he puts it in his book. He draws up this image that you're at sea and you've got a ship and there's a hostile ship that's bearing down on you. And you only have a limited amount of resources, of gunpowder. You could take all your gunpowder and use it to fire a big cannonball. But if you miss and it hits the ocean, then you're gone for. Whereas if you take a tiny amount of that gunpowder and you use it to fire a bullet, and you see where the bullet lands, and then you kind of calibrate, you make... A bit of an adjustment, and then you take another small shot, and then you calibrate again, and then you take another small shot. And then, when the bullet hits, only then do you take the rest of your gunpowder and you throw it into the launcher and you launch that cannonball. Only then is it going to absolutely hammer the mark. Jim Collins repeats this over and over and over with pairs of companies. And what he sees repeatedly is that the companies that fired cannonballs before they had done what he calls a confirming calibration, empirical validation from that experience, from trying things, observing, and calibrating, the companies that just fired cannonballs straight away, those were companies that failed faster and harder. And those that continued to engage in that practice of firing bullets before cannonballs, of calibrating, of trying, observing, calibrating, and doing that over and over again. Those were the companies that he called 10x companies because of the way in which they persevered even in the most hostile of environments for their businesses. Those shots that are taken with a small amount of gunpowder the gunshots are supposed to be small and imperfect. You're supposed to take only a tiny amount of resources to try something, to observe, and then to calibrate. It is by design. And, by the way, most shots miss. Most gunshots don't hit their mark. That's why the calibration is so important. And that's why it is so important to engage in the process of shooting a lot of bullets Before you load up and shoot the giant cannonball, I hope you're seeing it now because I'm going to circle back and talk now about one of my favorite series, Harry Potter, and one of my favorite characters, Dumbledore. There's some really powerful quotes that speak so much to these points, and I wanted to talk a little bit about them. One of the quotes that I think is so powerful that Dumbledore says in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, the fourth book, he says, you fail to recognize that it matters not what someone is born, but what they grow to be. And that, I think, really speaks to the child development piece that we were talking about earlier of trying something, observing, calibrating. The set of observations and calibrations, these are the choices. And it isn't what we're born, it's what we choose that makes all the difference. In the very next book, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Dumbledore says, I make mistakes like the next man. In fact, being, forgive me, rather cleverer than most men, my mistakes tend to be correspondingly huger. And this is something Dumbledore actually admits about himself. Because the way he talks about it is that the shots he takes are more like cannonballs than they are like bullets. And I wanted to tie that in with another quote from book number six, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, where Dumbledore says, Youth cannot know how age thinks and feels, but old men are guilty if they forget what it was to be young. And if you want to pull those two things together, what's being said there, and such a core message that I think is so important here, and one of the reasons that I really like the Harry Potter series, is that it's easy to forget how important it is to do those steps to try, observe, and calibrate. And one of the things that Dumbledore does himself and admits to it is to not observing and calibrating, but to just try something on the basis of thoughts or ideas or maybe even past experience without recognizing that the way youth thinks is that it is about the trying, observing, and calibrating. One of the mistakes that age makes is that they don't calibrate. They think they're totally calibrated now, so I don't need to try and observe. It's easy to rely on what you think is right instead of trying, observing, and calibrating. And that makes those mistakes correspondingly that much huger, just like the comparison companies that Jim Collins was talking about that spend so many resources, so much time, energy, and effort shooting the cannonballs. That's the mistake of age without recognizing the way that we are designed to be across our lifespan starting in childhood. The lesson and takeaway I really want you to get from today's episode is that business is a series of small, imperfect beginnings. It's about calibrating, learning how to calibrate better, taking it in developmental steps, reaching mastery, not an execution, but an adaptation of execution. And then picking up another piece, small and imperfect, to do this all over again. And to recognize that the changing landscape, whether it's consumer behavior, our ideal clients, the business environment, something going on internal to your business or your company, whatever it is, you will need to pick up another piece, small and imperfect, and do it over and over again. Try, observe, and calibrate. Try, observe, and calibrate. In fact, and this is what Dumbledore outlined, what Jim Collins outlined, what Michael Masterson outlined, what Eric Reese outlined, and what Michael Gerber outlined. In fact, if you don't do that, you are going to miss out and you're going to miss out in ways that can absolutely negatively impact or increase the risk of your company struggling and even potentially failing. So, learn from all of these different areas, and take the time. Try, observe, and calibrate. And on that note, I'll see you next week.